Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. This is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right into it. Sounds good. So, uh, Comic-Con was this last week. Yeah, lots of stuff from Comic-Con this week. <laughs> lots of cool stuff from Comic-Con. But uh, I just kind of want to focus on some of the awesome trailers that came out. Oh, do tell. Um, first of all, they released the Shazam trailer. Um, Shazam is the rebranding for uh, DC's Captain Marvel. Everyone was calling him Shazam anyways. So, right. Because that's the password, that's the the code word that he used in order to activate his powers. Yes. Um, and it's a little boy who, um, who, uh, you know, says the word Shazam and he, through a magical spell, he becomes Earth's mightiest mortal. And he's a, he's a pretty much a kid, like a 13 mm -hmm. year old boy with the powers of Superman. Yeah. And he's powerful enough to go toe to toe with Superman. Um, yeah. Uh, and the movie looks delightful. Have you <laughs> really? I did. Too, yeah, I you did saw the trailer. I watched the trailers. That's yeah. one I am excited for. Yeah, it that's really cool. Great. And then they had the trailer for Aquaman that looked looked like a lot of fun. It did. Um, and then they had uh, Fantastic the the second Fantastic Beasts movie, yes. uh, Lego Movie Two, mm -hmm. um, which oh my gosh, I love the fact. How, you, you watched the trailer, oh, right? Yeah. 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 I love the fact that uh, it's an apocalypse. It's an apocalyptic wasteland now. And everybody's all days, everybody's or... all Mad Max and stuff, yeah, except like... for Emmett, and he's still the exact same guy as he was at the end of the first movie. Nothing's changed for him uh -huh. like, since the apocalyptic days of Taco Tuesday. Of Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I cannot wait for that movie. Um, but yeah, um, and then we saw the trailer for uh, Alita: Battle Angel, yes. which is uh, James Cameron's. Uh, live action version of the I think it was a 70s or an 80s manga I can't remember I want to say 80s I, don't, 80s. I want to say 80s it's uh at least the anime was uh -huh. 80s a lot of people were complaining about Early her 90s. about her eyes um and when I first saw it I did think that it was odd but after seeing it in motion in the film they didn't bother me in the slightest right uh it just felt like an artistic choice to me um but you know if you're if if they do bother you then don't see the movie you know <laughs> yeah but uh anyways um that trailer looked really cool. My personal favorite trailer out of all of Comic-Con, though, was Godzilla King of Monsters. Oh. I am a huge Godzilla fan. Um, so this my, is true. Some of uh, I don't actually have these memories, but when I was very young, two years old or something like that, there was a Godzilla movie on TV. Uh -huh. And mom swears that uh, I... Uh, I mean, she shouldn't. It's not nice. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but mom tells me that... Uh -huh. Uh, when Godzilla was on TV, or whenever he was on the screen, I would just squeal in delight. I absolutely loved Godzilla, and when he that died, right. and when he died at the end, I cried. So, uh, and I've just loved Godzilla ever since. Um, I've got the 2014 movie. I don't have the Matthew Broderick movie from 99, but I just barely got Skull Island. I'm very, very excited for this because this is the third movie in the Kaiju universe that they're making that mm -hmm. they're slowly developing. Uh, and then after this, we're going to have a Godzilla versus King Kong movie. Woo. 
And if we really want to get into it, King Kong doesn't stand a chance just because of how much power Godzilla has in these movies. It's so true. They pretty much made... I mean, they made King Kong the size that they did in Skull Island just so he has a fighting chance against Godzilla. <laughs> but if you really look at what Godzilla's capable of doing, King Kong doesn't stand a chance. No. But I'm sure they're going to make an entertaining movie for me to watch anyways. They're, they're probably going to do what they ended up doing in... Um... Uh, well, um, Age of Ultron, mm -hmm. where it isn't actually Godzilla versus uh, King Kong. Like, they'll, they'll have a clash the way that uh, the Hulkbuster and the Hulk did in the middle of the movie, but they have something else that they have to team up to fight at the end. If they're going to build the full kaiju universe. Maybe. I mean, like you saw the trailer for Godzilla King of Monsters, yes. right? They, I mean, they, they introduced uh -huh. a lot of... Uh, they introduced it, and the, the name of the three-headed dragon is escaping me right now. Mm -hmm. um, Gamora or something like that. Yeah. I apologize. I mean, I love the movies, but I... I don't remember all of the info info on them. Sure. There's just so many of those monsters. Sure. Um, but um, I, I think it's Gitaran, actually. Let me just go ahead and double check. Oh, it's Ghidorah. My apologies. Ghidorah. It's Ghidorah. It's the three-headed dragon. Um, and Ghidorah um, is the three-headed dragon. And in the movie Godzilla vs. Ghidorah, um, uh -huh. That's not the name of it, but it's the one where they fight. In order to defeat Ghidorah, Godzilla has to team up with two other monsters, one of which is Mothra, and we see Mothra in the film. Or oh. in, in, and then we see the other one that they have to they have to team up with as well. Right. Um, the one that's just like the giant, uh, the uh, Rodon. That's who that is. Okay. Ah. It's it's Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodon. They have to team up to defeat uh, Ghidorah. Right. So I don't know if that's going to be the plot of Mo of Godzilla King of Monsters mm -hmm. um, having four giant monsters battling each other at the same time is going to be sweet uh, yeah I'm really really excited for this movie yes alright um, so yeah that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about about uh, from Comic Con except that they also announced that um, during the Vox during the um, Tox Machina uh huh um um talk, oh shoot what's it called not a session um conference or whatever uh -huh. you know um they uh they announced that they're going to be continuing the vox machina comics okay um which i've told you about like the vox machina origins where it showed how the team got together for a critical role yes yeah that's what that is. yeah yes. and they uh they've announced that they're going to continue with that series so i'm going to be buying more comic books here in the future <laughs> i mean it's not gonna be until 2019 when the first issues are out but still i'm well, it, very it comes sooner than you think it, yeah it's very very true very, very true. Okay, so that's it. Yeah, that's really all I want to talk about, Comic-Con. Is there anything that's kind of stuck out to you? Not really. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into three episodes in. Fantastic. And this week it was your pick. This week was my pick, and this week I picked Sound Euphonium. Um, the, one of the reasons I picked it was I was uh, going back and watching videos that uh, Explanation Point had been doing again. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had compared uh, the character design from Sound Euphonium to uh, um, My Hero Academia. And he mm -hmm. talked about how, you know, they didn't have to do too much character development mm -hmm. for, um, the for the cast of My Hero Academia because their character design alone kept you interested. Because they were everybody mm -hmm. had so much unique work going on for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, Sound Euphonium, they're just all... High school girls, mm -hmm. real generic human high school girls, mm -hmm. and so they had to really develop their characters early on, and so mm -hmm. it was kind of a 
so he compared that as a trade-off, and I wanted to see for myself what San Euphonium was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you mind reading the uh, the synopsis? Sure, the Crunchyroll? sure. I've got it pulled up right here. Yeah. Spring in the first year of high school, Kumiko, a member of the brass band in junior high school, visits the high school brass band club. It's actually the the concert choir club, um, with classmates Hazuki and Sapphire. There, she comes across Reina. Her former classmate from junior high, Hazuki and Sapphire designed to join the club, but Kumiko can't make up her mind. She recollects her recollects her experience with Reina at a competition in junior high school. Mm. So that's the that is the synopsis for it. Right. Um, so when I so the first episode starts with the finale of the uh, the competition in junior high. Now I didn't realize it was junior high at first, and mm-hmm. I thought. With what was going on in the competition, uh, when I first started the show, the opening scene, I thought they were going to do something like they did for um, uh, shows like um, Record of Lotus War, mm-hmm. where they kind of introduce the middle at the beginning, uh-huh. and then when, once you're hooked on the middle, you watch to that and then past it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought was going on, was that something in the middle happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that was, but but it, it pretty much very quickly establishes that it is all chronological. This is happening at the end of her junior high school year, and then the episode is her first day in high school. Mm-hmm. And so, but they're they're not giving too much um, exposition going into it. You're kind of piecing it together as mm-hmm. you're watching. Um, and the opening scene features our main character. Uh, Kumiko, mm-hmm. um, watching the uh, they're about to un- literally unfurl a banner that contains the results of each uh, high school uh, junior high school band's placings, mm-hmm. and it determines who gets what uh, uh, gold, silver, and bronze, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really excited that they got gold, but they got what's called dud. Gold. Dud gold. And they explain that is later on. They do explain mm-hmm. it later on. Um, I didn't quite get it during the explanation. I didn't rewind it to get it again. But it's... Mm-hmm. Basically, you you did really good, but just not good enough to go on. You you got well enough to get gold in this in this uh, competition, but mm-hmm. pretty much not well enough to represent the prefecture at nationals. Mm-hmm. Is what is kind of what I, the, is what I got from it. Okay. So... Um, and so she sends one friend to go console another friend who was so nervous about the results that she'd been hiding in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so she's pretty happy about herself. And she sees another friend next to her curled up and crying. And she assumes she's crying for joy. Mm-hmm. And she utters some uh, insensitive things, assuming that she's crying for joy. Mm-hmm. And it turns out... That this person becomes a major player in the overall story, mm-hmm. and her name is her name is Kosaka. Oh no, 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 no. yeah. Uh, they call her Kosaka-san because they're not on a first name basis it's, with her. Yeah, Kosaka Re- Reina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reina. Reina. Re- Just Reina. Reina. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Reina is has tears streaming down her face. She is very upset that they didn't make it to nationals. It's clear to her that it's clear that that is her dream and her passion and she's more or less upset that the entirety of the in the basically the entirety of her group didn't believe they could make it anyway mm-hmm. and that they held her back 
because of their mm-hmm. their disbelief. Um, and, and even even our main character uh, Kumiko, I have it written down. I just mm-hmm. need to. No, I, I don't. I didn't, I didn't get that vibe that it was uh, that she blames them. Well, it, it is a group effort. Yeah, it is a group. Yeah. effort. Not, not that she. Well. It's a group effort for one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, Kumiko utters something that uh, she, says, she says. You didn't really think we were going to make the nationals, did you? And that shocks Reina. Yes, it and does. It shocks her, and it, it's uh, uh, it feels like the band made a promise to try to get to nationals. And Reina really, really put her all into it. Mm-hmm. And when Kumiko says that, it's like a shock to Reina. Yeah. And the way I read it is that Reina was surprised that everybody didn't give their all like she did. You know? Yeah. So rather than holding her back, it was just like, I thought I thought we were in this together type thing. Sure. So that, that's, it's, it's, it's that's what a, I felt. It is a feeling of betrayal. That it seems yeah, like. it's a feeling of betrayal. But she doesn't feel like the kind of character who's upset at somebody for holding her back. No. No. So it's that uh yeah, she's she's not a Bakugo type character or she's obviously angry. She's a, mm-hmm. she's a definitely somebody she she's passionate but also reserved mm-hmm. in, in that she keeps to herself. Mm-hmm. Until the end of episode 3. Until the end of episode 3, which we'll get to. Yeah, which we will get to. Uh but yeah, so that's uh it's they then um we then follow Kumiko on her way to school. Yes. And um, she meets uh, some new people in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but on her way to school, she hears their band, the, the school high school band, playing a welcome for them. And, and everybody the, else, and uh, everyone around her is like, oh, that's so cute. They're oh. playing. And she's just like, they suck. <laughs> she just feels bad for them. Uh-huh. She's like, they're terrible. And the girl who happens to be sitting behind her in class overheard that. And right before class starts, she just says, so what do you mean they were terrible? Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, wait, what? You so, so, so what sucks? So what sucks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's highly embarrassed. And so the the best friend, um, Hazuki. 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 Um, she, uh, she's the outgoing, I'm going to make friends with everybody Mm-hmm. first day of school mm-hmm. um character type um and so she starts pressing her for information starts calling her on a first name basis immediately immediately which is something you don't do in japan no um but she starts doing it anyways and it obviously it obviously makes kumiko uncomfortable at first but then she gets used to it that just happens to be that just happens to be hazuki's um character right um and during that time they're introduced to uh the the, the teacher the teacher comes in. Matsumoto expe- Michie. Uh, yes, uh, Michie Sensei. Mm-hmm. She comes in, expect wondering why everybody isn't in their seats already. This is high school. Get used to it. Uh huh. And then points at two of the girls, going, "What is wrong with your skirts?" Mm-hmm. And suddenly these two girls start unfur. Uh, uh, pulling pull, down, pulling down this. They they rolled up at the waistline, and so they're unrolling at the waistline to lower their skirts back mm-hmm. down. And you see Kimiko doing the same thing in while her while desk, sitting just 
just well, suddenly... you saw her do the you saw her do the same you saw her roll it up a little bit when she put it on in the, in the dressing montage at the beginning and that's kind of a running gag we get with yeah. Michie Sensei in episode two. Um, she turns out she's like the 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 assistant advisor for the band, right? Um, and she points it out again, and this girl just kind of you know nonchalantly, you know, uh, like I'm for all. kind of you know avoiding eye contact with her, and just kind of lowers the skirt a little bit until it's proper regulation length again. Yep. So that's a running gag. Mm-hmm. Um, so she starts to go, and so now one of the reasons I bring her up is the roll call introduces another character. So she does the roll call, introduces the first few people down the line, and then we get, um, and we get uh, Kumiko's name and uh, Hazuki's name, mm-hmm. and then it goes to a girl whose the name she's having a hard time pronouncing, and she just goes beet red and says it's Sapphire. The girl, yeah, the girl. She's this little blonde girl, very short hair, and she just reads, raises her hand and says, "I'm sorry, teacher. It's red as sapphire." And they say sapphire in uh-huh. Japanese, and her parents apparently picked a very, very weird, um, yeah. a, a, a very unique mm-hmm. uh, set of kanji, kanji that you typically don't see as a name, right. just so it would sound out as sapphire when they said it. Yeah. Uh, like sapphire or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to listen to it again in Japanese, and she just hates that fact. And so when she and becomes so, friends later on, she says, please just call me Midori. Well, let, let me let uh-huh. me get the, let me uh, introduce what happens when they become okay. friends. Um, so, Hazuki immediately likes her because then her name is so cool. Uh-huh. And then forgets what her name is and calls out to her, Opal-san! Mm-hmm. Opal-san! It's, 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 it's Sapphire. Oh, I'm sorry, Sapphire. No, it's like, no, it's a, diff- it's a different stone or something like that, yeah. It's, uh, I think it's Hazuki, something bluer. Hazuki. Yeah, no, it's something uh, greener. Like Kumiko's like, no, no, it's it, it's it's a different stone. Like it's it's greener. Yeah, know? yeah. And so so Sapphire just says, please, please, just call me Midori. Which and Midori, is, which is green, which is and, green in Japanese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she just wants a typical Japanese girl name. So yeah. she has her friends call her Midori, and um, yeah, that they then kind of wander around the school together and start looking at the clubs and stuff, and they find their way at, outside of the band, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they look outside the band they, they look into the band room and um and that's the, when we're introduced to one of the best characters that's when they're introduced to one of the best characters uh this girl with black hair blue eyes and we've seen her before she was the one who was conducting the band in mm-hmm. the morning on their way to this the assembly um yeah, she and, is not afraid of public speaking at all nope she walks over to the door opens it up and invites them in immediately and this is well well, this well, is well before she opens the door uh-huh. the door has this v-shaped glass window mm-hmm. on it and hazuki is has her face pressed against the window and her hand on it and we see asuka's hand meet it from the other side and she's coming up like puckering up against the window or something oh, yeah and it causes a door, and it causes hazuki to go ah and jump back and fall on the floor Yep, Before she yep. opens the door. But then she opens the door and introduces herself. Introduces herself and she goes in. She offers her hand. Um, Asuka offers her hand as a handshake to Hazuki. Uh, and I think there's candy in it too. Yeah, there's candy. She's like, as your fir- as the first day, uh, we want to go ahead and offer you some candy. And so she hands her some candy, puts it down in her hand, and then she grabs the... And, uh, and Hazuki grabs the hand uh, and the hand comes with the candy. 
uh, and then there's like a string of flags attached to the hand, and we learn with, right, with the with the English letters for welcome, with the English on, letters for welcome written on the flags, written on the flags, and we learn very early on that Asuka is very very odd. She loves pranks and magic tricks. Yes, um, she's very outgoing and very very helpful. She's the assistant um, president, the vice president for the band, so she's very very helpful to the yes. president, who's kind of a shy um, girl who doesn't have. Doesn't have much of a backbone. No. Doesn't really stand up for for what the band needs to do. She's kind of a pushover. Yeah. Um, but uh, like they stay and they watch, and um, the two the two girls, um, Sapphire or Midori and Hazuki, they both are in love with the idea of playing mm-hmm. with the band. Uh, they think it, they think it's great. And uh, okay, so but Hazuki is just or Kumiko. Sorry, Kumiko is just like. Um, yeah, I don't really think I want to do this again. Yeah. So. Uh, she always, okay, so, we find out that, um, while the girls are talking, after a conversation, I'm not sure exactly when in the timeline this was, mm-hmm. um, but Hazuki was always in tennis, and she wanted to, tr- to branch out and try something new. Yeah. So she was mm-hmm. in tennis, but she has no experience with musical instruments. But she wants to make friends and try new things. Mm-hmm. So this is her trying new things. Mm-hmm. Um, Midori has a history with the largest instrument, a contrabass. She is the tiniest girl in school, and she plays the largest cello or bass string instrument out there. Yes. Not including, you know, a piano. Yeah, the, um, the largest easily teleportable. Yeah, the largest. So, so bigger, bigger than that, we're talking xylophones, it's an, drums, it's, and pianos. It's a that are not. huge, huge cello. It's yes, it massive. Yes. And yeah, she's this tiny little girl who plays this massive contrabass. So, and it's just adorable. It is, it and is. that's actually something that uh, that comes up. Um, so, um. Uh, now I don't know what instrument Reina played before, but uh, something I just wanted to bring up real quick is that uh, something they drop into the op- into the ending credits is they introduce all, all of the four these four characters: mm-hmm. Reina, Kumiko, Hatsuki, and Midori, and they introduce the instruments that they're playing. I'm pretty sure Reina played the trumpet. It's a pretty strong vibe that she played the trumpet that back she, in That she knew school. what she was doing mm-hmm. way back then, yeah. Yeah, especially okay, with so, the ending that we get in episode three, but yeah. yeah. So, episode... So, the ending credits feature that our main... That these characters are distinct in height, and the instruments they play are inversely proportional to how tall mm-hmm. they are. Because the littlest girl plays the contrabass, the biggest string instrument... Mm-hmm. That is played with a bow. Bigger than the tuba. Bigger than, the second the second smallest girl gets stuck with... Hazuki gets Hazuki the tuba. gets the tuba. Our main character gets the euphonium, which is a smaller version of a tuba. Mm-hmm. And then our tallest girl gets a trumpet. Mm-hmm. So, they had some fun with that, uh, yeah. that, that character planning. Yeah, they really did. Um, but yeah, um, so they fall in love with it, and they really, really want to play in the band. But uh, Kumiko doesn't really want to. No. She's she's still really kind of. Uh, I don't want to say she's lost confidence, but she's still kind of upset about. She stepped on the toes of somebody uh, she, who came, who is definitely being in the band. Yeah, and they introduce us to Shuichi. 
the boy who was in band with her before. Not yet. Not yet. Before, uh, but they, wasn't the, I think that was in episode turn, one. Though. Yeah, it is in episode one. But um, but uh, shoot, Reyna walks in first. Right. Reyna walks in, and Reyna immediately asks for an application for the band. Um, yes, we're at that point. Yes. Yeah, and then that, and then Kumiko's just like that's an even bigger indication of Kumiko. She she thinks this girl hates her, mm-hmm. and so she doesn't want to, you know. She doesn't want to be in the same doesn't room. Doesn't want to be in the same room with her. She doesn't um, want she doesn't want to deal with the ultimate um with the altercation that would happen between mm-hmm. them. And so she she leaves and her her new friends go with her. Um and they kind of they're still talking about joining the band and stuff and they go off on their own and then she's sitting on a park bench drinking something, drinking some coffee or yes. whatever. And then we meet the childhood friend Suichi. Suichi. Um and this is one of the things that I thoroughly enjoyed about it. Uh, this show so far has done a really good job about showing, not telling. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing in, in storytelling. You want to show there, this show. This show just has really good pacing. Yeah, it's got really good pacing so far. But you want to you want to show something rather than tell something. Like um, the a perfect example of of this is Luke in Episode Four uh-huh. when he is standing. And watching the sunset after Baru's told him that he, or Uncle Owen has told him that he needs him for another season. Yes. We could, you could have had a massive long, you know, monologue of, oh, woe is me. Why do I have to stay here? And stuff like that. Whereas there's just this beautiful, beautiful shot of Luke just looking into the distance, longing, wanting to be elsewhere, wanting to move on with his life. Yes. That's showing as opposed to telling. Yes. Um, and this show does an amazing job of doing that with Suichi and Kumiko, where Suichi, like, she's leaning back <laughs> wondering, what on earth am I going to do? Like, oh, and then suddenly he pops over her and says, hey, Kumiko. And she freaks out and then goes, oh, it's just you, Suichi. And then immediately goes back to drinking her drink. Just instantly. I'm just like, yeah, these two are old friends. That right there showed me that these two are old friends. Not even a high? And then he tries starting a conversation with her, and she's ignoring him Mm -hmm. almost completely. Yeah. Well, then we learned that the reason... Yes, yes. um, Ultimately, she she shoots him down hard because she reminds him of something that he said. It says, "Didn't you, I, I'm just obe- I'm just following your instructions because you said don't ever talk to me again, ugly." Yeah, like oh, I said that because you were blabbing out loud. Are you going to come eat at my house again tonight? Yeah, which was super <laughs> embarrassing for super him. Embarrassing for him. Yeah, yeah. So, so she's so it's clear she's not forgiving him for that for mm-hmm. for embarrassing her back mm-hmm. for while well, she's embarrassing him and mm-hmm. oh, those two have a history. Those two have a history. Yep, that's, uh, and yeah, there's, there's a friendship there, the, while she probably doesn't want to admit it, there's definitely a, still a friendship, still a thing between those two. Yes. Um, perhaps even a ship. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, back, back to what I was talking about before about, um, what's his name? Um, uh, explanation point. When he did his, uh, character analysis of the relationship between, the uh, two main characters in Sword Art Online Abridged. He said, three anime has shown the most accurate portrayals of teenage romance. Um, Evangelion, Sound Euphonium, and um, Sword Art Online Abridged. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what what, what, what he means by that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Because, did, yeah, did it's, you a, really it's say an Evangelion. 
He did say Evangelion because it's a very awkward uh, teenagers trying to deal with life without great adult supervision. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Apparently he he subscribes to the teenagers are broken and have no idea what they're doing form of romance. Well, that's because teenagers don't know what they're doing. That's why he depicts that as the most accurate form of uh, teenage romance. Well, okay then. Uh, anyways, um, kind of moving on back to the story. Of course. Um, she ends up joining... Long story short, she ends up deciding to join the band. Um, well, well, she ultimately te- decides not to because uh, he's in it. Yeah, yeah. She's, she decides not to, but when she gets home that night, she... Um, uh, her mom asks her to make help her make dinner, and mm-hmm. so she goes and she... But she goes to her room first, and then her sister, who's home from college, comes in and tells her that, um, you know, and says, oh, so are you going to keep playing, uh, the, are you going to keep playing the band? Are you going to stay, are you going to stay with the band? Are you going to drop it? And she's like, I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm going to be dropping it. And she's like, oh, oh, that's really sad. And just kind of gets up and leaves. And then we see a camera shot mm-hmm. of all of these books on music and euphonium on her desk and stuff showing the passion that she has for band and kind of the struggle that she's having with, you know, she wants to stay away from Yuichi because mm-hmm. he's a jerk and she wants to stay away from, uh, Ray, uh, Ray, Ray, sorry. Rena. My, my tongue does not want to. Renya. Renya. No, Ray, Reina or something. Reina. Reina. Yeah. Uh, Reina. Kosaka. Kosaka. Uh, hmm? Kosaka. Yeah. Kosaka. Oh, come on, phone. What are you doing? Anyways, um, Reina, um, or Kosaka. Yeah, so she doesn't want to upset Ko- Kosaka because she mm-hmm. thinks that Kosaka hates her. Um, and so there's two people in there that she doesn't want to deal with, and so she's mm-hmm. going to run. So she's planning on running away from her problems. Mm-hmm. And then when she's confronted by her friends who are really, really excited about joining, say, Are you going to join? And so now she's torn between there's two people she doesn't like there and two people that are going to be her new best friends that are there. <sighs> Fine, I'll go. Yeah, and so she joins. And the next episode, we have some really, really fun shenanigans with the two girls. Because obviously, um, Kumiko has told them about what's happened with um, with Reina. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kumi- and uh, so they're trying to get her to go and talk to her and apologize and stuff like that. And we see this obviously obviously imagination scene but we don't want to but it doesn't <laughs> yeah, tell they, us that they have a nice blue border around yeah, the screen yeah it's got a blue border around the screen and she walks up and says hey i want to uh and says hey from uh let's go ahead and start over from square one on our high school year and become and have a, have a good experience together and randy Turner says yes i feel the same and they shake hands and then they hug and, and they say the word and they say the word hug as they're hugging each other very stiffly and then it cuts back to uh, real, uh, the real world, and Kumiko's just like, "Nah, it's not gonna happen like that at all." And, she, and, she, and she's she's approaching cautiously, which is coming across as creepy to her mm-hmm. friends. And by the time she gets up to Reina, Reina has already finished drying off her hands and stuff, and she started walking down the hall. And she's just like, "Oh darn it, I couldn't do it that time." Well, her friends won't let her get away with that, and so they go and they push her. After her, and the next thing you see is her sliding on her face down the hall, not just like you not not just a ooh, you know, and then she's suddenly there. They push her so hard that she is sliding down the hall, and you just see Reina walking down 
turning a corner, and then suddenly Kumiko's soup, you know, sliding. Fl- sliding right past her. So you see the push, and then you see Reina, and then the, 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 uh, the, uh, not the effect, the, um, the result. The result, thank you. The yes. result of the pushing, just poor Kumiko sliding across the floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, real fast, we also need to discuss her ponytail. In the first episode, she is toying with wearing her hair down or wearing it as a ponytail. Uh-huh. Um, and she wears it as a ponytail. Um, and I kind of feel like um, they, they, and in episode two, she's not wearing the ponytail. And as far as I can tell, she hasn't, she's not going to wear it again. Right. Uh, she might wear it, I, I don't know, later on for, for, for things. But to me, that was a very good visual representation of she's leaving the past behind her. Mm-hmm. Because all throughout middle school, she wore the ponytail. Mm-hmm. And even her sister, when uh, her she comes back from college, she says, oh, so you wore a ponytail today, you know? Yeah. And so in episode two, which is the next day mm-hmm. of school, um, she's not wearing the ponytail any longer. Yeah. And she's not wearing it during the opening or closing credits. Yeah. So, it, mm-hmm. uh, so it becomes this um, character design that she's... Uh, you know, it's sometimes sometimes with anime, if you change your hairstyle too much, you you become unrecognizable because the faces are pretty generic. So they really yeah, depend on hair. Yeah, but sometimes you have to play the game who's the pro- or find the protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> For the oh man, find the protagonist, especially in a card anime. Oh gosh, let's play find the protagonist. You have like five or six people with normal looking hair, then all of a sudden red spikes, golden swirl hair craziness. Just, yeah, we found the protagonist. He's right there. <laughs> of course, my favorite way to play find the protagonist is through Azamanga Dayo. Because literally everybody else is a paper cutout doll. Well, they did the same thing with Ruby. The first season of Ruby. They couldn't afford to animate all the background characters. So the background characters were pretty much black figures everywhere. And they'd only animate the main characters. Okay. So that was also a lot of fun to play spot the main character with. <laughs> or, you know, sometimes you play spot the main character. Like, you know, there's like a crowd scene and all the people are like see-through images like see-through yellow blue green stick mm-hmm. figure drawings and the main characters are walking in front of them and stuff yeah. so and actually one of my favorite inverse of spot the main character is actually from code Geass because they have this character named oogie who looks like cannon fodder he is the character his character design is cannon fodder he's going to die don't get attached to this guy lives through the whole show yeah yeah <laughs> He's an awesome character, too. He is. He's really cool. It's like, why, why are they giving so much story to this guy who's designed to be one of the... Ca- yeah, he looks like somebody who's cannon fodder. He looks <laughs> like, oh, well, don't get attached to this guy because, you know, they didn't bother spending a lot of time on his character design. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. And they, they sit him next to Callan. Mm-hmm. Who's got the bright red hair and spiky and a mm-hmm. red bodysuit. And it just mm-hmm. looks... And he just... <laughs> spot... Yeah. Figure out, mm-hmm. which, figure out which one has plot armor. Turns mm-hmm. out it's both of them. <laughs> Turns out it's both of them. <laughs> uh, but anyways. Um, uh, what are... Uh, so yeah, so she joins the band. And uh, they that day they go and they pick instruments. Yes. And uh, shoot, let me pull up her name again. Hazuki. Hazuki has already purchased a... Um, has already purchased a, a mouthpiece. mouthpiece. Um, it, because, like, um, at this school, they can get their instruments from the, ba- uh, from the band. The band has extra in- instruments that they can use. Mm-hmm. But um, even if you rented your instrument from the school, you would still have to buy a mouthpiece. Yeah. 
because it's filled with your spit and stuff. And if it's not, if it's, it's not just, it's just of, not sanitary. Yeah, it's, it's not sanitary. Fact. I mean, it's like you know, a, if you're playing the clarinet, you would still buy the reeds yes. because for, that's disgusting sharing reeds. You yes. know, yeah, and reeds split and break after a while. So while you well, need, yeah, you need replacement reeds. Yeah, you need replacement reeds. You need, you need to replace that stuff. So yeah, she's bought this. So she's bought the mouthpiece for a brass instrument. For a brass instrument. A and real big brass instrument. So yeah, at this point, she thinks she's going to play trumpet. Anybody who's ever been around a brass section knows that's not a brass, that's not a trumpet mouthpiece. No, it's not. It's a big one. It's and a they, big one. And they teach her how to blow through it and stuff like that, and it's kind of a cute, fun scene. Um, and it there's a, there's a flashback where I think our main character's big sister is the one teaching her how to use a mouthpiece like that for the first possibly time. somebody's teaching her and i think it's yeah. the big sister it's probably have... the big sister yeah so but anyways um uh that day they and, go and they start yeah. selecting instruments and stuff like that and poor kumiko so desperately wants to play something other than euphonium mm-hmm. she, she she's begging yes, her friends yeah. she's Winking and nodding and begging her friends, don't ever mention that I've played this instrument. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to change if they don't know that I've done something before. Yep, otherwise they'll beg and plead and, you know, and I'll just have to break down and say yes to playing the euphonium, which I don't want to play. I want to play the trombone. I want to do something different. Yes. And so she goes over and lines up to play with the trombones and stuff. Um, but before that, we have um, okay. We so, have so, Hazuki. Cron- so chronologically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, before Hazuki. Oh, that's right. Midori. So they ask, so, well, now this is beautiful. They, the captains of each of the sections mm-hmm. give a brief introduction about the section mm-hmm. and invite you to join mm-hmm. them. And everybody's got a section that they talk about. Uh-huh. And then it goes to Asuka. Uh-huh. Who has prepared a five-page speech <laughs> about what she's going to talk about. The tuba. <laughs> the tuba. And how amazing the tuba is. And, and the, the history his- of the tuba. The history of the tuba and all the importance that it has played throughout all the years. And like, yeah, no, no. Okay, are, are, are you done yet? No. I <laughs> haven't even started. Like, no. Get off the... St- but, 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 yeah. Yeah. But no, 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 I'm not done yet. I want to keep talking about the amazingness of the tuba. And just keep... It pushes her off the stage. Okay. Uh, and then we learned that... They're like, well, we want... There's also another instrument that we have, but nobody plays it, so we don't have anybody to talk about it. But it's the... It's the uh, contrabass. Mm-hmm. And does anybody here play the contrabass? And this tiny hand pops up. <laughs> Dear sweet Midori. Midori. Mm-hmm. Sapphire. Dear sweet Sapphire. And like, yeah, I played it all throughout middle school. And they get so excited. And and Asuka comes back. And Asuka comes back. <laughs> and she's just like, usually we have them go around and try to other instruments. But we can use her, right? She, <laughs> she can play she can play contrabass right and she's and the president's just like yeah sure totally yeah 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 take her <laughs> oh and and then oscar says something to her that sounds a bit like an inappropriate marriage proposal oh gosh it just it, the way it was the way the translation was written you're mine like will you please be will you please join me for the rest of something like that. that and midori without skipping a beat accepts the proposal sure. it's like i am yours uh-huh. <laughs> it's like why are you saying it this way because it's funny <laughs> it but and then they and then they go around and uh poor little uh or hazuki 
is yes. so excited and she lines up with the trumpets and she tries blowing into the mouthpiece but she's been practicing with the tuba mouthpiece which is about three times the size of the trumpet mouthpiece probably four times the size it's a it's, lot bigger it is much bigger and the way you vibrate your lips into one of those mm -hmm. is different and for those of you who don't know how to play a brass instrument what you do is you go you blow and you vibrate your lips while you're blowing. That's what produces the sound. Yes, it's that, um, that vibration echoing through the brass chamber that mm -hmm, produces the sound. That produces the sound. And it's very, very hard to do. It takes a lot of practice. And so all day long, she's been doing it with a, with a tuba piece. Mm -hmm. um, and so she's not able to do it with the trumpet. And they're just like, wait a minute, you have your own piece? And as soon as they notice that she has her own piece, Asuka recognizes what it is. And Asuka has a plan. Because but <laughs> she does fast, something before, so evil. Before that, we see Asuka, like everyone's divided up, and Kumiko's like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and go over to the trumpets. Or to the yeah, to the trombones. And Asuka walks up and just says, Hey, only one person's joined my section so far. Hey, only one person's joined my section so far. She's like, oh, oh, really? Hey, only one person's joined my section so far. Why, why, why do you say it three times? How can you not get the hint? It's like, I'm scouting you. I And she says, I'm scouting you. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, no, sorry. I'm, uh, but you look, you would look so perfect playing the euphonium. Like, oh, oh, oh. And uh, she's trying to have a graceful exit. And that's when we learn. And that's when uh, uh, Kumiko, not Kumiko, um... Hazuki, uh -huh. that's when Hazuki comes up with the tuba piece. Yes. And Asuka is uh, trying to get her, and it's like, okay, well, let's see what it fits into because. <laughs> she, she, she has this story. She, she starts con concocting this complete fiction and mm -hmm. wooing her, saying, You've already purchased this. Then it is true that there is an instrument in this room that is perfect for you. And we must find it. Come this way. And she starts trying the mouse mouthpiece. Uh, on this one's a little bit too small. The euphonium's too small. It doesn't even go into the saxophone. It's like, oh, that's uh, there's no spot for it in the saxophone. And then it slips into the tuba, and it cuts to a shot of a Cinderella slipping her foot into a glass slipper. And it cuts back, and that Cinderella is Hazuki. And she's just super excited, and she's like, yes, I found the chosen instrument for me. It's the tuba. It's the tuba. The one that she didn't want to play because of how big it was. She thought it was silly. Yes. And But now she's suddenly in love with the idea of playing the tuba, because it's, the, it's, it's her destiny to play it. Yes. Asuka played her like a fiddle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it worked. It worked so well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just And while that was all happening, that's when has that's when Kumiko's just like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to go over here now." And just goes walks over walks to to the, the trumpet section. And in when she's in line to practice the trumpet to show them that she can play it, she runs into another childhood friend. They ran into her a little bit before, um but this is when she sees uh, her a second time. I think it's pronounced Aoi. It's spelled A O I. Aoi. Aoi. Mm -hmm. um, so Aoi, the old, the other childhood friend who is a, who is uh, two grades ahead of her. They, mm -hmm. She knew her in, in elementary school, but she mm -hmm. was two grades she ahead of her. She played with her and um, Yuichi. Or, mm -hmm. sorry, Sh Sh Shuichi. Shuichi, my, yes. She played with her and Shuichi when they were younger. Mm -hmm. And she starts talking to her. And uh, she says, oh, so you're going to change and try the trombone this time? You were always so good at the euphonium, though. Are you really going to, are you sure you want to change that? And she's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. 
<laughs> Too late, though, because Asuka overheard it. Yes, she did. And uh, Asuka is like the female version of those characters from <laughs> Clamp shows that is just injects themselves into mm-hmm. situations to put the protagonist Sorry, where they're supposed to be. As soon as you said Clamp, my mind went to Futurama because the Clamps! The Clamps! There's a member of the oh, no, I, I, I was thinking um, the professor in uh, Angelic Lair. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Speaking of which, sorry, they, they had the full trailer for um, Disenchanted as well. And it looks amazing. Okay. The new Matt Groening show that's going to be on yes. uh, Netflix. Yes. Uh, anyways, yeah, sorry about that. Um... Yeah, so she comes over and kind of forces her to play the euphonium. Mm. She's not happy about it. No, she's not. After all she tried. After all she tried. (sighs) And then it's during that same scene that we... um, Oh, just before... uh, uh, Going back a little bit. Just before... um, Hazuki... um, Was going to try the trumpet... We hear Kosaka, uh, Rena. Isn't it Kosaki? Kosaki? No. I'm pretty sure it's Kosaka. Yeah, you're right. Kosaka. My apologies. Yeah. We hear Kosaka-san playing the trumpet, and she is very good. She's really good at it. And it's revealed that she took it very, very seriously in middle school, and she also took... Lessons, private lessons. Yes. She she says that like they're like, wow, you're really good. It's like, yeah, I played in middle school and I also took private lessons. Yeah. So. Yeah. So she's really good at it. Um. And they. Um. Anyways. Um. They. Uh, they all go off. And is this the episode where they first meet the teacher, or is it the next episode where they meet the teacher? Um. So I think it's the next episode. Next we're episode. introduced to the teacher. The teacher... Yeah, we're introduced to there, the teacher. There's a, there's a scene where there uh, there's a couple at a shrine trying that's, to pick yeah, which... That's, a, that's in episode one, because in episode yeah. two, the assistant teacher, the homeroom teacher... Um, Drops his name, saying he'll be in saying tomorrow. That, saying that uh, Ta- Taka-sensei will... Or Taki-sensei will be in yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you're real... Yeah, he'll, he's, he's starting tomorrow. Yes. And we see him, he's in the park, and he explains to a couple the levels of... They're, they're asking about, like, luck, like, because they took a fortune, and they don't remember what the levels are. Uh-huh. And so he lists, and he goes, and he lists from best luck to worst luck. Okay. Um, there's, like, nine different ones. I didn't bother writing them down. No. Um, but if you get bad luck, you're supposed to tie it to a tree or something uh-huh. and and offer up prayers and stuff to the shrine so your luck has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they... Uh, Hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm trying to remember how episode two ends. Right. Because they get the instruments. Um, does episode two have them actually going to select the instruments from the band's storage? No. That happens in episode three. Mm-hmm. But I think they do meet the teacher in episode two, and he has them vote on um, what they're going uh, on their, uh, their goal. Uh huh. I think that happened at the end of episode two. Okay. So yeah, they do end up meeting uh, Taki Sensei, mm-hmm. and and I'm gonna bring him up again. Uh, every time, uh, uh, the shot of Taki Sensei having written something on the board is something that exclamation point uses every time he's he he's explaining something. He makes himself out to be that teacher talking to somebody. Oh jeez. <laughs> um, and and that, so I've seen that shot 
a hundred times in his videos that I watch before I even watch this show. I'm like, oh, that's where I recognize him from. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But, um, so what he does is he comes in and, um, very, uh, so, some, something back in episode one about his introduction is that he was actively listening to the performance. Like, uh, he had it on his iPhone that he was listening to a performance of, um, the, uh, the middle school band that, mm-hmm. um. Uh, that, that, that the two, cur- that the girls, two girls were from, from. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're listening. So he was actively listening to their performance, and they had some uh, scene transitions using that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, while while she, while our main character was struggling on deciding whether or not to join. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he pulls. Uh, he he then shows up, mm-hmm. and he has them. Uh, he writes up their goal, which yeah. was uh, their last year goal, which was go to nationals. Mm-hmm. And one of the students says that that wasn't so much of a goal, more of a motto. And he's like, oh, okay. And he crosses it off the board and he says, I'm going to have you pick your goal. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to go to nationals or do you just want to have a good time? And, uh, and he says it with a charming smile on uh-huh. his face. It's like... I, he's not interested in pushing them into doing something they're not comfortable doing. Yeah. But he's also not interested in wasting his own time mm-hmm. with them if he if they're not going to be. Uh, yeah, if they're not going to you know not take care. them seriously. Yeah. And so he said, "Okay, so what are you going to do?" Uh, and and the vice president and the president decide that they should go ahead and vote on it. Um, and they say, "Who wants to go to nationals?" And pretty much everybody raises their hands. Except, Except for Kumiko. Kumiko. And, uh, uh, and it's and revealed Aoi. that only one person votes for having a good time, and that person is Aoi, mm-hmm. uh, which is a shock to um, Kumiko. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also revealed that, uh, and so the teacher's like, okay, you guys have chosen to go to nationals. So you're going to have to put in a lot of work in order to do this. So he... Uh, has them split uh he uh tells them pick a piece learn that piece and once you're ready to perform it as an ensemble come get me and they're like well we don't know what piece like what what should we do give us some direction oh pick a piece oh pick a piece and he's and they're just like we don't know and he says fine do the marine uh marine him do the do the marine him and they're just like okay and so they spend a week practicing the marine him practicing uh-huh. this is a this is a uh, an audio format but, yeah. but i just did the quotation marks there hey i heard those air quotes i hey i heard those air quotes um <laughs> but um they uh yeah they are practicing uh-huh. um when uh they they split up into their um sections mm-hmm. um and they're practice and they practice their instruments for a week Mm-hmm. Um, and, or they practice their, their parts and they kind of show who goes where, like woodwinds stay inside because mm-hmm. the reeds are, are fragile. Yeah, you, you can't get them wet, so they can't do outdoor practices. Mm-hmm. And, Whereas, you and know, the drums are heavy, so they stay in the room. Drums are heavy, so they stay in the room. Um, so percussion stays in the room. Uh, the, 
woodwinds pick a classroom and everybody else just kind of goes wherever they can to rehearse a lot of like the trumpets will go outside or, mm-hmm. or things like that um mm-hmm. and so they um they rehearse um and as they're rehearsing um midori asked this question earlier because there's almost no second years mm-hmm. at all it's all third years and first years um and she uh asks them in rehearsal why are there only second why are there almost no second years in this in the band and one of the third years uh tuba player uh-huh. i goto i think his name is goto, yeah uh he gets upset and says it's none of your business and she's like oh okay i'm sorry well it's reveal well uh what happens is after however long they rehearse um some of the band members start getting upset and saying we're tired of playing this song get the te-, and they tell the president get the teacher and have him come teach us have him come conduct us mm-hmm. and um she goes and she gets the teacher and he comes and conducts it and after 15 20 seconds he stops it and says and pretty much just says what was that yeah what what do you think an ensemble means what do you think an ensemble means it's like everybody playing yes. together he, he's got he still has a nice polite uh-huh. kind smile on his face but mm-hmm. the words coming out of his mouth oh he's this teacher is brutal to these kids yes and he's just like what do you think uh, he's just he's got a nice smile and a lot of the girls were thinking man don't you think he's hot you know and stuff like that uh-huh. he's he's an attractive man he's just like what do you think an ensemble is mm. and he calls on um calls on the childhood friend boy whatever his name uh, is shuichi thank you shuichi uh she he calls on him and, and he says well it's playing together and he's like yeah yeah it is so it was this pretty much yeah and they uh and uh before this all happened we kind of see uh from kumiko's point of view as she's going through the school you know girls who are supposed to be practicing their instruments playing games with each other mm-hmm. or like guys reading comics and stuff and goofing off instead of practicing their instruments yeah um and she is starting to get upset and she starts thinking that this is just going to be a repeat of middle school mm. Um, but anyways, we get to the teacher again, and the teacher just flat out says, okay, so where's the problem? And nobody really says anything, and he just says, okay, trumpets, let's play your part. Trombones. Trombone. Thank so you, trombones. the trombones. Thank you, trombones. Trombones, play your part. To this metronome. Yeah, to this metronome, play it. And they couldn't follow the metronome. They were terrible, you they know, were. and... After he's like, okay, that's enough. After you know, sixteen bars or something right. like that. And you weren't the only ones. Yeah. Every single section had well, a problem. Well, and he said, he said, who here thinks they did well? Nobody raised their hands. Who thinks they did poorly? And everybody raised their hands. He's like, every single section was the same. I told you to call me when you can play as when you can play as an ensemble. If you can't even play you, yourself, you, you can't, can't play in an ensemble. Yeah. If you can't play as a section, you can't play as an ensemble. Don't waste my time. And he just leaves. Yeah. He just leaves. And a bunch of the students immediately start complaining as soon as he, he's gone. And, and ask about uh, uh, some festival that they're expecting to play at yeah. in two weeks' time. Oh, yeah, no, someone, and he's, uh, that's right. They said, he, they asked him about the festival, and it's like, well, what about this festival? And he's like, if you can't play this you're not ready to play in that festival. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the students, after he leaves, the, some of the students are like, we always play in that festival. He doesn't know what he's talking about, you know. And But they just start trash-talking him and stuff like that and start pressuring, you know. Pressuring the, the teachers to change his mind. Trying to pressure the, the president, president the president yeah. to go tell the teacher to change his mind and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, you know, they just act like a bunch of spoiled high school high schoolers yeah um and they uh yeah that's actually one of the things i i loved about the teacher i wrote that down as one of the things i enjoyed about the show is just man wow that's just a incredibly blunt pep talk you know yeah he was just flat out you guys didn't do what i told you to so i'm not going to do what i told you i'm going to do because you haven't upheld your part yet pretty much and that is a real wake-up call to the working world Mm -hmm. like you will be expected to do things on your own. You will mm. be expected to perform and be ready on, uh, your, on, own. on your own with deadlines. Mm-hmm. And these kids they just were goof kids. Off. Mm-hmm. They were goofing off. They were just goofing off. Um, and uh, so the next day, uh, well, the, the president or the vice president decides to go, like, sees the president freaking out, just like almost buckling under the pressure. And so, thank you. Vice President uh, says, uh, well, how about this? Let's go ahead and, well, the teacher already canceled rehearsal for the day, told everyone to go home. Um, and the uh, the Vice President said, here, let's just have the section leaders meet and we'll discuss what we're going to do. Okay. Now, before now, way before that, before that sectional in- moment, was the picking of the instruments. Yeah, we did that. No. Uh, the collecting of the instruments from oh, the rooms. Okay, the collecting of the instruments. Okay. Okay. So not not just assigning to the sections, but they actually got to pick they their instruments they, from the storerooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the great scenes in this, um, Midori is instructed. Okay, over here's the base. Uh, what do you think? And she opens it up and goes, oh, "I love it. I think I'll call it Georgie." Yeah. I love it. I'll take this one. That's the one you looked at so far. I only need to look at this one because it looked back at me. And there's like, huh? Yes, I love it. I will call him George Son. <laughs> it's like, d- d- George Son. Yeah, and then, yeah, Hazuki's just like, do people name instruments? And Kumiko's like, yeah, sometimes. Kid, kid, kids can name instruments. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. And she's like, oh, okay. Then I'm going to call mine Tuba, Tuba Libre, Tuba Chapa, Tuba Cabra. What? Like, what? <laughs> the, the, the look on both the main character and Midori's face is like, you're going to what now? You're going to call it what? Oh, you know, like the Chupacabra. Like, they, they didn't need the explanation. We know what that is. <laughs> they, they, they're seeking... Why, though? It's not the what. It's the why. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. So, so that was a great little scene. Mm-hmm. But they come the next day to, you know, put away their, to, you know, the first, it's up to the first years Mm -hmm. to uh, clear out the band room, put all the desks out in the hall. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of rehearsals, their responsibility to put it back. That's just what, that's the responsibility of the first years. Yeah. Um, And so they, um, it's revealed though, because they're talking um, and uh, it's finally revealed what happened to the second years after, after all of this. Um, I forget who they're talking to, um, but they just say what happened was that a lot of the people who joined the band last year were very, very serious and really, really wanted to play well. 
and they started butting heads with the people who were ahead of them who didn't want to change anything they wanted to keep having a relaxed you know lazy club that they could just go ahead and enjoy and still be considered part of the club part of a club yeah um and so the people who were taking it seriously dropped out of band and and so they're stuck with third year lazy third years they're stuck with lazy second years and lazy third years yeah so yeah they're stuck with people who just they don't care they just want to goof off that's what they want to do mm -hmm. um but he but uh so, and now they're kind of worried that the same thing's going to happen. Yeah. That the people who are serious in the first years are going to take a look at this and be like, this is a waste of my time, mm -hmm. you know, and just leave. But they go to class the next day, or they go to the club room the next day, and they meet the vice president, and the vice president says, oh, yeah, uh, no, meeting's canceled today, you know, uh, because the section leaders are still meeting, just discussing what to do. And the three girls are disappointed, but um, we see in the background... Um, on a hill above the school? Well, not yet. Not that one yet. Okay. Th that, we're getting to that. Yes. But, um, oh, and they have talked a little bit at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it, it's a repeating gag where they're trying to get them to talk. Um, but um, uh, Reina and um, Kazuki. Mm -hmm. um, not Kazuki. Kumiko. Kumiko, thank you. Why did they say Kazuki? Kumiko. Um, they, you know, they have talked... Um, and Kumi and Kumiko is extremely kind of impressed that it, or surprised that Reina doesn't seem to be holding her responsible. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't seem to be holding her responsible at all. Um, for what happened. Like there's, there doesn't feel to be any animosity coming from her in the slightest. So she's really kind of surprised and she's kind of able to pick pick it up and try to you know become closer to her but anyways um we see reina in the background and you just see this reaction from her mm -hmm. the, just this bitter bitter not again reaction yes. and she just runs from the classroom and uh, kumiko sees her and tries you know calls out to her um and the three girls as they are leaving uh that day kind of discussing what they're going to do yeah um that's when we hear the trumpet on the hill and then we have a we have this beautiful heart-wrenching solo mm -hmm. from the trumpet and from it, Dvorak's New World from the New World is what the song is called yeah, Dvorak's from the New World and they kind of talk about how he had left his home and was now here and it was just kind of a wilderness where he was at yeah and so he wrote from the New World to kind of you know express those emotions of loneliness loneliness yes. in the New World and um they kind of explain that and um kumiko is just not kumiko reina is doing a fantastic job playing this this song on her yes, trumpet yes. um and then actually she's done with it she just screams and lets all of her frustration out yeah very guttural primal scream just a scream from the bottom of her stomach um and uh do you remember what happens next because i know what happens the next day at school the next day um I remember that they were inspired by what she did and that the mm -hmm. next day at school that they, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the actual chrono chronology of scenes, but I think what happens next is, um, when did, when did Kumiko bring home the euphonium? That was before everything. She brought it home to clean it. Yes, she did. She brought it home mm -hmm. to clean it and... She was asked by her sister, who 
to make sure she doesn't play it in the house because it's really loud. Mm-hmm. It's like... <sighs> mm-hmm. So. So maybe it was her sister, maybe it wasn't that uh, helped her learn how to play to begin with. Maybe. I don't know. Or it's just her sister has changed a lot. Mm. Her hair... Well, the, the thing is... In the flashback, the person teaching her how to play had the same hair color as her. Mm-hmm. And now that her and her older sister has a lighter hair color than her in college. So it might be that she has literally changed her hair color. Mm-hmm. Or it might be that it was her mother and not her sister that was teaching or her. Or someone else completely different that we don't know who it is yet. Yes. Um, but anyways, um, they then say that, you know, uh, they weren't prepared for what happened next. You know, but they went to school uh-huh. and they were there putting the desks away and that's where episode three ended yeah so they decided that regardless of whatever the uh, class lead said they were going to practice Mm -hmm. and it the pacing of the show like i said before is absolutely great and i didn't want to stop there Mm -hmm. i just wanted to keep watching Mm -hmm. but i i told myself i wasn't going to watch more so that when we shared the three episodes in i wouldn't have any more to spoil gotcha Yep. But I am definitely going to be watching more of this. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I think I'll be inviting my oldest to watch it with me. Okay. I think Jasmine, yeah, as I was watching it, it felt like a show that Jasmine would enjoy. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, so um, that's it for for Sound Euphonium. So let's go ahead and talk about the show we're going to be covering next week. You bet. This is a show I'm very excited about. I've been wanting to watch it for quite some time, but the company that got the rights for it in America is Netflix. Mm-hmm. And Netflix has a dirty habit of waiting until the entire show's out before they post it. Yes. Because that's what people do with Netflix, they binge it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I've really, really been wanting to watch this. Um, it's a show from, actually, it's Kyoto Animation, the same company for that just did Sound Euphonium. Yes. Um, Violet Evergarden. Violet Evergarden. Yes, I've heard I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of things about this show, including mm-hmm. how it was pioneering new techniques in uh, animation mm-hmm. and uh, background design. Well, um, the plot pretty much... Um... Plot synopsis? There, I, I couldn't find a plot synopsis that I felt satisfied, satisfied with, but when I first read about it... Um, what happened is that there were these robots who were working as maids. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then a war broke out. And so all of these maids were then reissued as soldiers mm-hmm. and were forced to serve on the field of combat. Mm-hmm. And we follow Violet Evergarden, who is one of those maids who was turned into one of those soldiers, um, in her the story of her life after the war. Okay. So it's, the war is over, and Violet Evergarden needs a job. Scarred and emotionless, she takes a job as a letter writer to understand herself and her past. Wow. Uh, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all up there right now. Um, I tried clicking on it for a plot synopsis, and it started playing the episodes, um, which yeah. I stopped after a couple of seconds when I realized that it wasn't a trailer. Um, yeah, Netflix is very good about getting you started. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, so we're, gonna, or bad, we're going to edit. be covering Violet Evergarden next week. Fantastic. I cannot wait. Me neither. Okay, so... um, There's a lot less echo when I get this much closer to the microphone. Yeah, that's true. That's weird. Okay, anyways, well, maybe I should be this close to the microphone? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, We're still working stuff out. It would be better if we had two microphones that we could be close to. Yes, that's very, very true. But right now, we've got what we've got. Yep. Um... So, 
now that's it for three episodes in, so we're going to go ahead and move on to Recommendation of the Week, and okay. it's my turn. It is your turn. And my Recommendation of the Week is Octopath Traveler. Tell me about this. It's a RPG, a JRPG uh-huh. for the Switch, made by Square Enix, um, and it is a throwback to 90s era JRPGs. Okay. Um, there are eight main characters. Each of those characters has their own unique story. Um, the um, and it's a story that just sprawls over this massive world. Um, the uh, each character has their own unique set of abilities, but if you as you go through the game, you're able to unlock jobs, so you can go ahead and give secondary jobs to each of these characters as well, which expands their abilities that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's turn based turn based combat. But one of the great things about it is um, there is a break system where if you attack an enemy um, a certain number of times using an attack like, say, an axe or a spear or a fire spell, depending on what they're weak against, mm-hmm. if you use those attacks uh, to lower their shield number, once the shield number reaches zero, the enemy breaks, they can't attack the next round, and all the damage you do against them is doubled. Right. Um, there's also... Um, I forget what it's called, but... Um, each turn, your characters also get kind of an orb, mm-hmm. and if you use one orb, you get another attack. So say you're swinging once with a sword, if you use an orb, you're swinging twice with a sword in the same attack, okay. except for once. Once you've used the orb, you don't get another orb the very next turn, and you have to wait for it to start regenerating after that. Okay. Um, up to, And you can, have, you can have up to five of those orbs, and you can use up to three of them at once. Nice. Um... It's really good for spells because let's say you're trying to you're weakening an enemy and they're weak against one of these uh, like let's say they're weak against fire magic. Sure. Already use that. Well, you only have one round to really pound on this enemy to try to take advantage of them being broken and the attacks being doubled. You can use these orbs to. It's only going to cast you the magic points of having of casting it once, but it will do four times the amount of damage. I see. Doubled to eight times the amount of damage. So I have done 2,000 points of damage with light magic against enemies that were weak against it when they were broken. Nice. Uh, it's really good. Um, beautiful music, beautiful graphics, beautiful world. Uh, I highly recommend it to anybody who's a JRPG fan. That being said, it's out of stock pretty much everywhere. Square Enix restocked it in Japan. Within three hours of it being restocked, it was out. Okay. okay, you can get it digitally for the Switch. So if you don't want to wait for a physical copy and you really want to play this game, I recommend just buying it digitally because you're probably going to be waiting a while, wait, waiting a while to get the physical copy. Okay, I was fortunate enough to pre-order it last year. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. So I recommend Octopath Traveler because it rocks. Cool. All right. Uh, that moves us to uh, our last segment, our creator shout-out. Mm-hmm. And this week, uh, creator shout-out is going out to an acquaintance of mine uh, by the name of Spanky Ward. Uh, he and I met when I had a, uh, a uh, part-time job doing um, high school um, sporting events. Okay. I was on a camera crew that broadcast, broadcast live sporting events okay. to... Um, streaming services locally okay and he was on the camera crew with me as well and we got to know each other a bit he's gone on to be a a successful um 
film director here in Utah. Nice. Well, I don't know if that he's director. I know he's he's a successful screenplay writer. Mm-hmm. He did a movie with uh, Dolph Lundgren called Riot. Okay. And he's currently he's written a screenplay for um, uh, a uh, Christmas movie that uh, Danny Glover is doing in Michigan right now called uh, Christmas Break In. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, he he's got a pretty extensive IMDb page, and I'll nice. link that on our site. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, no, he's a he's a buddy of mine. Nice. So that's real cool. So uh, here's a shout out to you, Spanky. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, that about wraps it up for us this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for listening in. If you listened on YouTube, please feel free to like and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on Patreon. Uh, what, where can they find us on social media? Uh, well, if you come to the uh, WhitakerWeekly.com website, you'll find links to both our Twitter and Facebook pages. Uh, you can find us on Twitter on um, uh, at Whitaker Weekly, and um, our Facebook page is uh, links right there on the homepage. Uh, also, you can find us on Patreon and uh, YouTube. Okay, awesome. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. I agree. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. Have a great week.